Time to talk NBA with Keith Smith from Spot Rack and the Front Office Show. And on Twitter X at Keith Smith NBA. Here's Keith Smith talking basketball with Bryant and Brett. Keith Smith joins us to talk the NBA like he does every single Thursday from Track and the front office show. He joins us now. Keith, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, let's start off with the Grizzlies coming off uh, back-to-back games the past two nights. They beat the Spurs uh, in Victor Wimbanyama's first trip to Memphis, but last night they lose to uh, the Toronto Raptors, a Raptors team that just got some new pieces that I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. But what have you made of, of this last week or so for the Memphis Grizzlies as John Moran is really trying to get comfortable coming back from that suspension? Yeah, they're winning the games that they definitely need to win. You'd like to start seeing them pick up a few of those extra wins, too. They definitely can't avoid or afford rather too many more losses because they've got to make up ground. It's not just making up the games, but you got to pass these teams that are in front of you, too. So, you know, beating the Spurs, they, 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 that's a must. That has to happen at this point. You know, you lose the next one. That is what it is. It's going to happen. But it's for them now, it's about winning every game that they have to win. Yep. And then they got to steal a couple others, too. And, Keith, it's a lot of reasons why the Grizzlies here. The suspension of John Morant, the injury to Steve Adams, even the injury early in the year to Marcus Smart, the inconsistent availability of Derrick Rose and some other things, and the front office misses on some draft picks. But we talked about it yesterday and even again today. The number of teams in the West that I think you can say have clearly passed the Grizzlies, like Minnesota, that, you know, the Grizzlies were ahead of, you know, a blink of an eye ago, like Oklahoma City, like Sacramento, like New Orleans. That's just, and then you got, you know, some of the, the bigger teams like, like Denver and, 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 and Dallas and Phoenix that were already ahead, but you got too many people passing you. Yeah, that's definitely a challenge. Now, I don't want to say long-term those teams are past Memphis. I think the Grizzlies, no matter what happens this year, even if they don't make the postseason, you can almost it's, – it's tough. You don't want to fully say, well, you just write it off because it is what it is. But that's kind of the approach you take a little bit. And, hey, we'll reset. We'll get right back at it next year. But I think there's two pieces here that you mentioned. One, the missing on some of the draft picks. They, they had hit on so many in a row that then when you miss on a few, that gets tough. And that also adds into the inability or non-desire to trade draft picks or trade young players because had you made a couple of those moves, you might have had some other guys to step in that would give you some more veteran win-now depth. So that's another piece that you know the Grizzlies just have to work through. They've been, in my opinion, a bit too precious with some of their young guys with not wanting to move on from them, not wanting to move on from graphics. And they were really, really close to being able to add a couple, you know, top-tier talent-type players. And if you get too precious with your own guys, that's when you start to run into a little bit of trouble long-term. It really does put you in a holding pattern, and if you hold too long, it's too late. Yeah, absolutely. It's the hardest thing for a franchise uh, front office, general manager, vice president, whatever title you want to give them, is to 
know when to kind of go all in and know, all right, these are the guys. I've got my guys. Now i got to go get the rest of the guys around them. And that's, that is a really tough needle of the thread. If you do it too early, you maybe don't get all the way to the level you want to get to. If you do it too late, you probably didn't get to the levels you might have been able to get to. So that becomes a major challenge is knowing, you know, hey, when do we do it? And it's, it's easy, 2020 hindsight, to sit here and criticize on the back end because I get it. It's a very difficult decision for them to make. But, you know, it's something that that's what they're paid to do. That's why they get a lot of money is to know, all right, now is the time. We feel like we're there. And it's starting to feel like, as you said, because of how many other great teams there are in the West, maybe Memphis might have missed a little bit of a window here. Mm. With with that, tell us how what, what you think the discussions are in the inner sanctum of the Timberwolves organization. When that when they have the big powwow, and, and you've, you've talked about so many times, you have to be honest with your with the, your assessment of your team and where do you stand. Are they talking right now? Go for it, as in win it, June of twenty twenty four. I think so to an extent. Now they're in a little bit of a different place, right? They have a very stable starting five. It's a very good starting five. It's also an extremely expensive starting five, especially when we get into next year when. Carl Anthony Towns, so-called Supermax extension, kicks in. Anthony Edwards, rookie scale, kicks in. Jalen McDaniels, rookie scale, kicks in. When you get into those spots, excuse me, Jaden McDaniels, uh, rookie scale, kicks in. When you get those three guys, plus Rudy Gobert, plus you probably want to resign Mike Conley, and you get Nas Reed, that's six players uh, under contract, or in Conley's case, not under contract, you're already up and over the luxury tax line. So they've got to be very cautious of, one, who are we going to add, and what is that long-term ramification going to be? We just saw they basically added the last partner that they needed to push the final piece of the sale from Glenn Taylor over to the group led by Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez over the line. But the fact that they needed to add another partner, that could be a little worrisome in being a smaller market team, are they going to be willing to go kind of all in deep into the tax to make the final additions they need to make? That becomes a bit more of an open question for the Timberwolves. Mm. Well, we were talking uh, a second ago about the Grizzlies and their game last night against the Raptors. The Raptors made a move over the weekend, uh, kind of the first uh, trade we've seen of the season. They go out uh, and they get R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel quickly, and a second-round pick. Uh, in return, they send to the Knicks O.G. Ananobi, Precious Achua, and Malachi Flynn. What were your initial thoughts on that trade? Yeah, I think from the Raptors' side, it was, okay, they are not – tearing this thing down and starting over because you wouldn't do that with adding those two guys. This is a signal of, hey, we may finally make some changes and not watch guys walk away for nothing as free agents, but we're not uh, starting over here. This is, if anything, you could call it maybe a soft reset, a little bit of, all right, we're we're good. Maybe we still move Pascal Siakam. Maybe there's a couple other guys who move, but we're going to reset this thing around Scotty Barnes and there's no intention to bottoming this out. Uh, then from the Knicks side, they went and got a guy who fits really, really well. OG Ananobi is a better fit for what they need than R.J. Barrett. Their defense has slipped mightily over the last uh, uh, couple years, so they really needed to get somebody in there. Oh, Ananobi can also play the four, which they didn't really have a backup for for Julius Randle, so now you're able to get him. He's a better off-ball player and shooter than Barrett, 
But in getting him and upgrading that spot, he gave up Emmanuel quickly, who is one of the better bench guards in the league. So that becomes a major challenge for the Knicks now. Now, I think their belief is we've got enough guard depth. We've got Brunson, and right now DiVincendo starting. We've got Hart. We've got Quentin Grimes. They really like Miles McBride, who they signed to an extension. So I think they're looking at it as, all right, we got the guard depth to cover, and we upgraded majorly on the wing. But this feels like one of those trades where it really does feel like a win-win for both sides. Are the Knicks done daily? We'll see. They've got Evan Fournier's expiring contract at about you know eighteen point eight million or so that they could definitely look at moving if they wanted to to get something else. We'll see what becomes available. They're they're working at a little bit of a deficit up front right now with Mitchell Robinson is out for the season. Isaiah Hardenstein, great player, steps in for him, but then it's behind him. They begin by with like Taj Gibson, but they got Precious Achua in the trade where they acquired Ananobi, so that's an upgrade there. I think we're either going to see the Knicks. I don't know if it'll be at the deadline because the big superstar blockbuster trades, those are just rare to come out of fruition at the deadline. But I think what we may see the Knicks do is, it sounds weird to say this, but they may pick up their team option for Fournier for $19 million next year with the idea of, hey, we're going to give you $19 million, but you're going out in a trade, and they may make that kind of superstar all-in trade next summer. You mentioned uh, that you that Toronto could move Pascal Siakam. What do you see as a, a good fit for him or a team that would go out and, and attempt to try to get him? Yeah, there's a bunch of teams that have been mentioned for him. Indiana Pacers continue to be the team that's most prominently mentioned mentioned because I think everybody looks at it and says, yeah, they don't necessarily have a you know, big-time player at the four. Obi Toppin, they got uh, this past summer when the Knicks were clearing out some salary uh, space, and Toppin just didn't quite pop. He's been okay, but he hasn't been the real answer there. They're now moving on to Jalen Smith is starting there, but he's probably not a long-term answer either. So the Pacers make a lot of sense. The Hawks have been linked Siakam for, it feels like, a couple years now. Um, we'll see. The Hawks' challenge is they're trying to get their books in order, and things are really tough in a right now. They've got a lot of long-term salary, and I think you're going to see them they look to maybe balance those books a little bit versus taking on a guy who would need to be re-signed uh, this coming offseason. Then, do the Kings want to make a move? Do they want to get in there? They've got a couple contracts they could put together to go get a guy like Siakam. And then the other team Dallas has been mentioned as well, and Dallas is another team. They're sitting on a couple contracts that they could potentially move, and we'll see what that looks like if they wanted to get in a position where, hey, we want to bring in Siakam because we think he could be that third guy alongside Doncic and Irving. Anything in season for Trey Young with Hawks? I don't think so. I don't think Atlanta's ready to go that direction. DeJounte Murray, sure. Now, DeJounte Murray does have a trade restriction, but that's up in uh, less than a week here. So then we'll see that probably get into a spot where uh, Atlanta is is at least open to discussing trade options for DeJounte Murray. But Trey Young, that's hard because if you're going to move Trey Young, you're talking about a major, major franchise reset. He is your franchise guy. And if you're moving on from him, you are basically setting up to uh, reset things in a major, major way, and I'm just not sure the Hawks want to go there yet. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Talking to Keith Smith from Track and the Front Office Show. There have been rumors and reports going around in Los He didn't do it. Let no, him go. He's good a good Lord. man. He didn't do it. <laughs> no. Um, but there have been some reports and some rumors going around in Los Angeles that the Lakers are unhappy with Darvin Ham and that his job could be in jeopardy if they continue going the way they're going. What do you make of those reports and what do you think of both the Lakers this season and the job that Darvin Ham has done? Yeah, that's been out there kind of under the surface for the last couple weeks now. And it's a sense of when you make a couple lineup changes, if it's followed by winning, nobody really cares because you're winning games. If it's followed by you continue to lose games, and then it feels like every couple games you change the lineup, that's when people start getting real frustrated and start uh, getting a little sideways on you. So right now the Lakers are – you know, uh, presumably very frustrated and reportedly very frustrated, and a lot of it comes with those lineup changes. Now, Darren Ham, I don't think he's been great this year. I think, again, those lineup changes have they've been weird ones. I don't think they work, especially in today's NBA with the way the game is played. But part of that is also the roster is not all that well built. They've got a lot of guys who overlap positionally, and it's just mm-hmm. kind of a mess. So I think there is a chance we see the Lakers make a major change. Um, you know, and this one feels a lot like the old saying of you can't fire the players, so you fire the coach. Mm. You hope you get a bounce from that. But they may make a coaching change, and they may lean all the way in and say, hey, let's make another another uh, roster change with, with a trade here because it feels like otherwise – you feel like you're starting to punt on a season of LeBron James, and that's not something nobody really wants to do. No, you don't, and they they had to make deals last year around deadline time, and they all worked, but it felt kind of thrown together just to get them through, but it worked. You, you, you get to the Western Conference Finals, uh, it, it works. Now they're kind of paying that credit card bill for some of those, that, that short-term uh, benefit they they got last year, but also last year the Lakers were very injured. This year they're seventeen and eighteen through thirty five, and they've largely been injury free. Yeah, they have not hesitated to throw around. Well, we were in the in season tournament, and you know we, we've had injuries. The in season tournament was one extra game in Las Vegas, so hmm. forget that. I know no one in Memphis wants to hear about the Lakers injuries, especially. Yeah. Yo, in Memphis there. I don't think a lot of other teams want to hear about it because, yeah, you've had some injuries, but it's not key guys. These are not major rotation guys. You've had LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Austin Reeves all season long for the most part. A handful of games missed here and there. But if you have those guys, your, your record should be a lot better than a game below five hundred. Yeah, you would think. Uh, today we learned that uh, that Draymond Green is expected to return to the Warriors facility in the next couple of days to start ramping up to resume play again. How long of a time span do you think we're talking about before we see him back on the floor with the Warriors? Yeah, this one's been interesting because no one's willing to put a date yeah. uh, to it yet, and I think that's purposeful. I think that has been an idea of, uh, let's make sure where we're at here with this. So we don't really want to put you know a timeline on this because we don't know when it'll be ready. We don't know when it'll be physically ready to go. It's going to need some ramp up time. My guess is we're probably looking another week or two, and then we'll see what it looks like before we see Draymond back. And then from there, it's going to be kind of zero tolerance 
policy the rest of the way for him and any of the kind of nonsense he's gotten into uh, over the years. So that's going to be something we'll all keep an eye on because you know other teams, they're going to have guys out there who are going to be doing everything they can to try to agitate him and get him to, yep. to slip up and go back to his old way. Yesterday we both did – national predictions for the calendar year 2024 and we both landed on independent of each other we both landed really high on the nba makes the formal announcement this year of seattle las vegas expansion i said to begin the the season of 26 27 how close were we or were we way off I think you're close maybe a year early. I think there's a chance with expansion that we see that come a little bit later. I, I, I do think they want to get the TV deal done, and that's only just now coming up for negotiation. And it's very clear, the NBA, they've got kind of their exclusive window with Turner and with uh, ESPN, ABC, but I don't think they're going to stick to just the exclusive window. I think you're going to see a streaming package created now, whether that's Amazon, Apple, Netflix, somebody else. But I think we're going to see something created in that realm. And then once that's done, I think then you're going to see, hey, let's start the bidding process. I think it'll be Seattle, Las Vegas. That's not everybody thinks that. But I think part of what they're going to do to make sure they can get every penny possible is they're going to say, hey, this is an open bidding process. Louisville, Montreal, Mexico City, if you want to jump in, throw your bids in there, and they're going to try to bid Seattle and Las Vegas up. Ultimately, I think they'll get there. The other piece of information with that, though, gives the NBA, do we have a couple more cities that three, four, five years down the line, we could look at, too, if we really wanted to go that direction because, guess what, there's a couple of teams that are willing to spend four and a half, five billion dollars to jump in, too. Do you think other cities would, would bite at that if the NBA kind of offered that of, of, oh, it's bidding time if you want, you know, your city in the NBA when it's been, it seems like the last four or five years we've been talking about this of next time they expand and it's not if, it's when and it's going to be Seattle and Las Vegas. Do you think those cities would, would say, okay, well, we have a chance here? I think so, Dave, only for nothing else to show, hey, we're trying, mm, right? Yeah. We're, 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 we're trying to be in on this and, we're, we're trying to get teams and we're trying to do X, Y, and Z to be, you know, players in, in the NBA world. I do think you'd have a few. Louisville's been kind of agitating for, uh, years now that, hey, we really want a team. Montreal's been mentioned. Vancouver mm-hmm. is another one that's been mentioned. We've seen, uh, them talk about in the past, uh, talking about, uh, teams like, uh, or rather cities like, Mexico City, if they wanted to go international, things like that. So I, I think there's a chance we could see, you know, something like that come together. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty open secret that it's going to be Montreal and uh, Seattle. The question is just when. When is that going to go down? Keith, you don't, you don't, you're not scared of anything with the, the, the finish of the Mavericks tra- or sale and the Minnesota sale, you you still think that that's good? That's not those owners, those towns may be scared of the next rights deal. No, I don't think so. I think it is uh, Minnesota had been in play for a little bit. It had been known Glenn Taylor had been listening uh, to offers for the team. Then he finally got the one he wanted. The Mavericks one definitely came out of left field. Nobody was expecting that to be a thing, but I kind of get and especially it, right? to them. <laughs> 
It, yeah, exactly. So it kind of makes some sense why, you know, Mark Cuban cashed out because, you know, Mark Cuban now gets the best of both worlds, right? It's, hey, here's a whole bunch of money. Guess what? You still get to run the team. <laughs> I have my doubts. That's a long-term thing. I think that might be a transitional kind of thing. But I think it's just an opportunity for a couple of these owner owners and ownership groups to say, hey, we've had it good for a couple decades or more here. Let's cash out. Let, let's, let's move on to whatever is next. Uh, for us, and let's set up you know our families and whoever with you know real generational wealth moving forward. Well, you wouldn't see someday Mark Cuban maybe running a team somewhere else, do you? And you know, I'll never rule anything out, but I kind of have my doubts. It's pretty rare that an owner would sell off his stake in a team and then buy back in with another team. I just that seems you know hard to fathom happening. Maybe you know I'm not going to completely rule it out, because I've learned, if nothing else, covering all of this, that anything can happen in the NBA. So Especially with him. That's how it goes down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, and he may look at it, he's a smart businessman. If he looks at it, you know, two, three, four, ten years, whatever it is, down the line and says, hey, you know, Team X is for sale, and that makes Let's a lot run of it sense. back. He'll yeah. jump in there, right? Yeah, he he's not going to hesitate. But I think this was more about... Yeah, I've kind of done my thing with the NBA. I've got other stuff I want to do. I'm going to move on. Keith, last thing for you. We've gotten our first player participation policy violator. The Brooklyn Nets were fined $100,000 today um, after a game on December 27th against the Bucks, where, I mean, they sat their entire roster pretty much. I mean, nobody was playing in that game, and, and Jacques Vaughn kind of talked about not wanting to play anybody in that game. Uh, when you saw the $100,000 fine, is that what you expected to see for, for the first-time violator? Yep, I, I thought they were going to ding a team pretty good for that, and that that goes right to the ownership. Now, if ownership looks at their front office and their coaching staff and says, you made the right call, we're happy to pay it, there's not a whole lot the NBA can do. Now, if the Nets is the first-time violator, they do this again and again and again, presumably the uh, the punishments will step up as well. Then we'll start seeing, uh, you know, hey, it's going to be more money. There may be situations where, yeah, all right, you did it. You're throwing it in our face. We'll take a draft pick away. Ooh. And to be clear, because I've seen some people say they didn't sit any all stars. You know why are they why are they getting punished for this? You know why is this happening? It's not about you know um, all stars. This is about you know this was about them uh, you know getting punished because what they did was they sat so many guys, and that's yeah. a part of this the too. Totality. You can't just mm-hmm. yeah exactly. You cannot come in. What they're trying to avoid, if you remember. Back in the day, the, the Golden State uh, Warriors, their plan used to be on the end of a road trip, an East Coast trip, send all the starters home on the last game a night early. Everybody else will catch up with them. We take a loss, we take a loss. Yeah. Now what we're starting to see here is, hey, that can't be a thing. We're not allowing you to just punt entire games. And also, you played a bunch of guys and pulled them out at the end of the first quarter, mm-hmm. which is also kind of a misrepresentation. And, I think it would be a little naive, too, to not think there might not be something involved here with, uh, hey, we're linked in with all these gambling companies, all this daily fantasy stuff, all these uh, single-game player props, all those things. That's something that the NBA is going to be cautious of as well because they want to make sure they're protected all around with this. So this is the first. I don't think it's going to be the last.
Mm, yeah, interesting. I mean, you go back and look at that box score. No player in the starting lineup played more than 16 minutes outside of Dennis Smith Jr. And they played the first quarter and then sat everybody. So, uh, yeah, no, there, there was definitely something going on there. But, Keith, thanks so much for joining us. We'll do it again next Thursday. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Keith. Thank you, Keith. Keith Smith with us from Spot Track in the front office show every Thursday talking the NBA and Bryant. And, Johnny, it feels like it was just yesterday. We were celebrating the in-season tournament, confetti cannon, right. rings, yeah. trophies, mm. one of the, the pinnacle of LeBron's career. And, right. yeah. and now this. Brett's cold world out there. I really mean, is you cool. You win the in-season it? tournament, and now you want to fire the coach. I mean, it's go just, from, that's crazy. Go from who's who to who's yeah, he that yes. quickly for Darvin Ham. And I, I, I don't think Darvin Ham has attempted a jump shot this year, has he? <laughs> no, he hasn't. Uh, I, he hasn't. I haven't seen any. Poor Darvin Ham. Poor and, Darvin Ham. And the, the Lakers, and as Keith made a great difference, made a difference in the comparison to the Grizzlies, they, they've been healthy. They, they've had yeah. nicks and bruises mm-hmm. compared to. Shelved whole yeah. season. Hey, but one thing you can never take away from Darvin Ham, no matter what happens to him, he's got that in-season tournament ring. The first one. The first, the first ever, Brett. That's a good point. I mean, I mean, how many Made people history. can say that? No. Made no. history, and we yeah. celebrated. We celebrated we with did. him. We did. We had a party that next day. And now under five hundred, and I, I, I don't see how Golden State and the Lakers both make it in the West. A yeah. lot of ball to play. Over half sure. the season left, but I, I don't think there'll be room for both. Yeah, no, and it'd be uh, it'd be different not to see if if you had a playoff where neither of them were in uh, it. I that's mean, not the word Adam Silver's using. Uh-huh. He's not using different. Uh-huh. That that is a disaster. Uh-huh. Yes, uh, same word uh, word that starts with a D, but it's not uh, it's not different. I, I think it's more likely they both miss before they both make. I uh, the way things are looking right now, has a possibility. And, and then so. you get them down in that one shot game, and they lose. Yeah. And you, you've got both Golden State and the Los Angeles Lakers out by April 17th. Mm. It'd be wild. I mean. And, 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 and you're right here at, at right speed negotiating time. Ooh, ooh, yeah, not not the time you want it. Boy, every time I say it's a sport, you say it's business. Uh-huh. And every time I say it's a business, right. you say it's a sport. Yeah, it's, it's, it's both. It really is. So it's going to be, uh, but like you said, a lot of, a lot of ball left to play. And, uh, but right now, it's not looking good for, for really either of those teams. I know we, ha- we had so much fun with the holidays and all the group get togethers. And you're going to have them heading into the new year. You're going to watch all these NFL playoff games and a lot, a lot of church groups, all the youth groups getting back, getting in to the good groove of the year and have your event catered by Jason's Deli. Let them do it, whether it's dining in to go or delivery, wholesome food forever. It's a family thing with a variety of delicious choices for all three meals for breakfast, lunch or dinner. For groups of five or five thousand, they've got you covered. Vegetarian and gluten sensitive options always available. Same day and last minute orders. They're welcome. When you feel like you don't have your event planned well, step aside, let them step in. That's when they excel. Professional setup included with delivery by their delivery drivers who, who all have food handling permits. All foods are free from dyes and artificial trans fats. And it's all good and it's good for you at Jason's Deli at these locations at, at Ridge, on Ridgeway Road across from MUS, Poplar and Highland, down in, out in Cordova and down in Olive Branch. All those great locations for this food that's good 
and good for you, like the salads, the Mesa chicken salad, the Big Chef salad, my favorite, the taco salad. And on a cooler day like today, cold day like today, the soups taste so good. And and, and get the soups with the grilled cheese sandwich. That's a simple meal, but a, a fun meal. If you're on your way home thinking about what you're going to have for dinner tonight, keep Jason's Deli in mind where it's all about choice. If you'd like to build your own uh, sandwich, you can with the build your own selection, plenty of organic food to choose from, and that great salad bar in every every location with over 30 items to choose from. Again, the catering anytime, anywhere, five or five thousand, and all these locations. Might be a little cold today for the complimentary free ice cream, but have the ice cream stay in there and warm up before you leave at Ridgeway Road. Poplar and Highland, Cordova, and Olive Branch, and you can always check them out online at jasonsdeli.com. Well, let's get to a break. When we come back, the NFL always making news, especially before the final week of the regular season. Let's get to a break. When we come back, we're talking NFL. Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Back into sports time. Bright and Brett with you in our family leisure studios. And it's week 18 uh, in the regular season, final week of the regular season in the NFL. And usually this time on a Thursday, we would be talking about Thursday night football. But Brett, we don't have Thursday night football tonight. Two games on Saturday, the rest on Sunday as we wind down the regular season. And next week, we'll be talking about uh, about playoffs. We won't have Thursday night football again until next preseason. Brett, that is that's sad. Next August, we got the U.S. We got the U. What is it? UFL. There you go, Brett. Yes, I knew. I knew you were going to get it. I didn't. But want to they go. didn't play on Thursdays ever, did they? No, they're they're just uh, Saturday and Sunday. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah, I think both leagues were Saturday Sunday last year, so. Maybe a Friday night in there in the XFL. I don't remember. So but. next August for Thursday night football. <sighs> That's hard to believe. It it comes and goes just as fast. It's it's cold. And it looks like it's come come and gone in New England for Bill Belichick on Sunday yeah. against the Jets, and he hates them and they hate him <laughs> uh, th- through many years. Will be his final game, his last game in New England. Does he take? The end of the game ceremonial lap around the field and the throw the kisses and the thank yous and the, <laughs> does he do any of that and any expression of, of love from the Bostonians? No. Not a chance. No. I mean, they might give him a nice ovation, but. Oh, he, I think that, I think they would. Yeah, but he's not going to do anything extra. Let me amend. If he's done, and I don't think he is, because I, I said Atlanta mm-hmm. with Justin Fields yesterday, somewhere next year I think he's going to be coaching. If he's done, he may give the thanks for all the memories. Sure. If he's not, he would never submit to them because no. uh, 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 I'm going to come back and beat you. Yeah, I think it's going to be same old, same old of, uh, you know, go out, play the game, go to your post-game presser after, get asked a million questions about your future and turn do down his, all of them. 
do his best to try not to move his lips yes. while talking. Yes, yes, and answer every question in three words. Max. Like a ventriloquist. Yes, I mean, he, exactly. he he'll do. And it'll be. I don't think. I don't think. Do you think it'll be any tribute to the crafts or anything like that? I don't think it's going to be anything. I think I think in his mind, he is going about it like it is a regular Sunday and win, loss, draw, uh, anything. It's going to be, you know, uh, where was the season was bad season. We're reevaluating, you know, in the off season, and not even right. not even hint at him not being back. How many changes do you think on Monday? Oh man! But before we come on at three, how, how many official? He's out. This was done. This one's fired. How many in the NFL? Four. I was going to say six. I was thinking six, Brett, but I said maybe there's a couple that come in later. And, and maybe a couple of, of later, like what, during our, mm-hmm. our show Monday, and some later that week, and maybe a couple out of the playoffs. Whoa. Really? Let Mike McCarthy have that gaff game. Yeah. That bad look loss. Yeah, um, I could I could see it. I mean, we've talked about it at length. Johnny, stop giving me that look. I I, I know that look. Um, but, I mean, we've talked about it before. The, the Cowboys' success is based on what they do in the playoffs, and we've seen them these past couple years not be able to, to get it what done. What if Sean McDermott had the ugly first-round exit? Well... Yeah, you can maybe see it. Uh, I mean, this maybe feels like every Brett. I feel like the last three years, every time we've done NFL predictions preseason, I've said this is the year the Bills are going to break through, and they just they never can. And and they haven't, and I I don't think they will this year. You know, the real chance for them to make a lot of noise, real chance for them yeah, not man. to be in. If Bill Belichick is out on Monday or out d- during this offseason, he's number one by a mile in NFL seniority right. w- in, in current job. He's won. Mike Tomlin's too. Bill Belichick took that job in 2000. Mike Tomlin in 2007 with Pittsburgh. John Harbaugh. You know, all this movement and talk around his brother, he's been in Baltimore since 2008. He's yeah. third. Pete Carroll, fourth in Seattle. Andy Reid, fifth in Kansas City. I don't think any of those other than Belichick is in danger. Sixth is Sean McDermott. Wow. I don't think he's in real trouble. Sean McVay at seventh, Super Bowl winning coach, mm-hmm. and he's announced officially that he, he expects to be back and will be back. Kyle Shanahan, eighth. He's going nowhere, maybe only thing he's doing is holding, maybe holding the <laughs> Lombardi Trophy. Yeah. Nine, Mike Vrabel. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's in any trouble. This time next year could be a different story. Right. Ten, Matt LaFleur. Any trouble for him? I don't think so. Eleven, Zach Taylor, Cincinnati. Okay, I don't think any trouble there. Twelve, Riverboat Ron's as good as done. Yeah, he's, he's he done. Can, yeah. He can get the moving van and start loading. Yeah, that's certainly one that uh, I think will be done right after their game is finished. You know, and thirteen is Mike McCarthy. Wow, that's uh, hmm. I mean, I I think he's safe, but now, Brett, you got this thought in the back of my head of first round exit or something like that. It could be time to to make a change. If the Cowboys stay in the two spot, mm-hmm. and let's say it's, it's like it looks today. And it's Green Bay in the seven. And Green Bay went in there and upset them yeah. by one. But if they went in and put it on them, yeah. Yeah, it'd be I think Jerry Jones loses it. I think you're right. 
I agree, Especially Brent. being that high of a seed, you'd be playing at home. You Almost any scenario would work against him yeah. in a loss. Dak looked great. Mm-hmm. They barely lose. Well, why are we losing with Dak looking great? Dak yeah. looked bad. You barely lose. Why is Dak still making these mm-hmm. same mistakes and you're supposed to be the quarterback guy yeah. and you took over the offense? You get blown out. It speaks for itself. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I'm curious, uh, Brett, because you, you mentioned Mike Vrabel and, and Bill Belichick. You think, uh, you think New England goes after, after Vrabel? You know, if they do make that move on Belichick? I, I don't I don't know what Mike Vrabel's contract is like. Now, it's nothing yeah. like co- college. I mean, they right. just can't go raid a guy because right. they they decide they want him, and and you you make some right. You you pay some buyout. They they can't do that. So I I, I don't I don't think they can. And I I like Mike Vrabel, and everybody talks about. And Mike Vrabel reminds me a lot of Will Muschamp mm-hmm. at, at Florida. Everybody loves him. Everybody on the field, off the field, great guy, great to work for, knows football, tough guy, played it, played it, played it well. Mm -hmm. He just was never very good. (laughs) No, he wasn't. But you're right. Everybody loves him. And and you you, you can't talk to anybody in Nashville that has to deal with him that doesn't love him. Yeah. And, and, you know, know, guy's guy, knows the game, Mm -hmm. relates to the players, relates to the fans. You know, has a good relationship with owners. Yeah. He just hadn't done very much. No, no, he, he really hasn't. But, I mean, a guy that everyone loves and is always uh, seems to be fun. But, yeah, I uh, don't know. 14th in seniority is going to be the coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski. Sure. Uh, he's not going anywhere. And I, I, I really believe with the uh, not even just magic carpet ride, but I think the Browns could could go to the Super Bowl. Really? I do. Wow, I mean, that would be that would be incredible. Fifteenth is Robert Sala with the Jets. I think he he gets another year. Sixteenth, Arthur Smith mm-hmm. doesn't sound great for him down there. That's the top half of seniority. It's wild. Down to Arthur Smith hired January fifteenth, twenty twenty one. Wow. Yeah, and he's fifteenth. You said sixteenth. Sixteenth. That is that's it's, insane. And and that goes to our number on Monday. I mean, it, yeah. it's usually about ten percent. You know, about ten percent. Mm-hmm. That's that is crazy. I mean, I can't wrap my head around. Uh, it. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It's usually about twenty yeah. percent. About, about six or seven moves a year. Holy cow! So okay, so when you look at and we just kind of rattled off a couple of them, but you have six on on Monday. I don't want you to predict all six of them, but I mean, what are some what are some jobs you think uh, make the moves? Maybe ones that we haven't mentioned if we haven't mentioned them yet. I, I, I definitely Atlanta, yeah. definitely Washington, mm. definitely New England. Yeah, that's all the for sure's. Yeah, there's always one shocker. There's always one. I don't like know. like Mike McCarthy into the playoffs. You know, if they yeah. get into the playoffs, they win that first game, forty-five to ten. It, it, I, I look foolish. We just having this conversation. Sure. Sure, but I mean, I, I don't know. Well, I'll be honest. I, you know, the reports came out um, either earlier this week or, or late last week that uh, that sounds like Eberflus is going to be safe in in Chicago. That shocks me. I mean, it blows my mind. Um, but you know, uh, very bears, very bears. Um, but I thought that was going to be one that we would see on on Monday because just 
has not been able to do anything. I know Owen's only been there uh, a short stint. They're but. they're improved this year, and, mm, and and yeah, and and now they're in that tough spot. Do you, do you you're at contract time with Justin Fields? Yeah, or do you go to the, the drafting? You know, and that restart over. What do you think they do? Always finances with the Bears. They they go yeah, the cheap route. That's that's a good point. That's true. But that's been um, a conversation that a lot of people have had over the last couple of weeks, especially with Fields coming back from that injury and playing better football. Of of maybe uh, keep him around and and go get a wide receiver, or maybe trade him and and both parties kind of start over and. Uh, and you know you go and get Caleb Williams. Uh, anything on the the Pro Bowl uh, starters that were or the Pro Bowl players that were announced last night? I know John was uh, was very upset about that um, this morning. I didn't really even take a look at it until early this I, afternoon. I, I can't match it now. It only matters now for bonus, right? Because w- w- you're missing out on going and playing a flag football mm, game, exactly. And used to you're missing out on the chance to go get hurt on right. something entirely meaningless. Yeah, no, I... But, but there there are bonuses for sure. being designated a Pro Bowler. Absolutely, and those are certainly, uh, you know, meaningful to those guys, especially when, you know, you see a dollar sign. But, you know, Monroe St. Brown not making it was kind of surprising to me, but I didn't have a, a ton of uh, of crazy overreactions. And Brandon Ayuk, I know, was one that a lot of people pointed out for the Pro Bowl. But nine guys from the from the 49ers making the Pro Bowl. Uh, that's uh, that's really, really good. How, how many lines? How many for Detroit? Ooh, I... I'm not sure. I would have to go look. I just know I saw the headline that said uh, that said uh, that they had nine. So I don't know. I'd have to look that up during the break and uh, and give tomorrow you- Friday football forecast. We're going to okay. be all NFL, mm-hmm. and, and we'll we'll have about eight games. We'll have our lock and shock, mm-hmm. and then on Monday we'll pick the college football national championship game. Uh, apart from that. And the, the big game is Sunday night, Bills and Dolphins. Mm-hmm. No, that's going to be a huge game. I'm really excited for that game. Uh, looking at it, Brett, uh, five from the Lions on the Pro Bowl. Um, way to go, Lions. Yeah, way to go we, Lions. We, all, we all laughed at Dan Campbell. Oh, man, at, when at, he at first hiring. got the and, job. And oh. How excited he was. Yes. He, he's had the last laugh. Yeah, he could laugh even louder with with moving it well, in the playoffs. He really could. Uh, but no, but five from, from them, it's been a really fun team to watch in the Lions. I know everyone's saying they got robbed, but um, still, regardless, Rob or not, they've had a unbelievable season. And, and a tough game against Minnesota Sunday. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. There's some really good games. I know I know about half of them are meaningless for for the teams, but then there are some games that really mean a lot and and, and could could say twenty a lot of thirty two still alive. Wow, seems like a lot. For it uh, does for now, some of those that that route to get in right, is you know, far fetched. This, this this and that has to happen, but and you win by ninety one, right? Exactly, but still, I mean, uh, the Lions also got seven alternate players too. If anyone doesn't really? want to compete in, they got yeah. seven alternates, so that's real good. It's really good. Uh, why would you punish me and making me be the alternate to go to a flag football game? <laughs> yeah, just uh, just, just send say, me my check. Yeah, say I'm in or, or say I'm out. No, but uh, let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, it'll be time for big number of the day. Be sure to follow us at Sports Fifty Six WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. 
Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Big Daddy. Hello, Big Brand. It's a guy, he wants to be big, then he gets big, he doesn't want to be big anymore, then he gets small, but the suit's too big. Big Daddy. The Big Boy. You're a big guy. I think she's trying to pull a fast one on Big Daddy. The Big Number of the Day. All right, well, my big number today is 17. Anthony Davis joined the Los Angeles Lakers in the 2019-2020 season. And he's been pretty good for them. Uh, But since then, there have been 17 instances of a player having 25-plus points, 15-plus rebounds, 5-plus assists, and 5-plus stocks, which is steals plus blocks, in a non-overtime game that's both regular season and postseason. So 17 times that's happened since the 2019-2020 season. Anthony Davis has three of them. Which is very impressive. That's impressive. Very impressive. The Lakers, in those games, those three games, are 0-3. The rest of the NBA has the remaining 14 of those. The NBA, when a team has done that, when a player has done that on a team, those teams are 14-0. and wonder why that is. It's interesting. I don't know. That is. I mean, that shocked me when I saw that. Because, I mean, you'd think a player goes out there and has those type of stats. Yeah. It's only happened 17 times. He's 0-3, and the rest of the league is 14-0? One-word description of Anthony Davis's time in Los Angeles. Give it to me. Um, hmm. Uh, non-dramatic? No, very dramatic, but non-effective? Unfulfilled. Unfulfilled. I like you, I like Brett. That. Unfulfilled. That's a I mean, perfect word to describe that. a big word. And maybe, his, maybe his time in the NBA, mm-hmm. you could say that. Yeah. And, 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 that's you know, that's his time it. in NBA would be injured. I was about to say that was going to be my I next like word is, is injured because, but that's everywhere. He's been injured everywhere he's turned. Anyway, it was supposed to be like all the big man trade to L.A. through the years, whether it was way back with Wilt Chamberlain, or it was Kareem, or it was Shaq, or even even Pau Gasol. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But Great number, Brian. Thank you. I thought it was interesting. Great number, Brian. Really Thank good. My, mine is 32. Okay. That's the number of years, 1991, since the last time Washington won a college football national championship. Okay. But it was a split decision. It was one of those years. Washington won the coaches' poll at 12-0, and beat Michigan in the Rose Bowl, and the youth, Miami Hurricanes, won the AP poll. Wow. It was a split the last time Michigan won it in '97, wow. they split. Remember yesterday, David Cohn yeah, made that point, right. and, and they split with Nebraska. And I was, I was thinking last night. I go, you know, didn't Washington do the same? Holy so, cow. in effect, both of these teams really going for their first real clean, clear cut national champion. No Littenhouse, wow. no football writers, no Grantland Rice, no AP, no UPI, no this. And, I mean, there were people coming in, I mean, just, just had a typewriter <laughs> claiming a national championship at one time in college football. 
Phenomenal big number, Brett. That you are truly a historian, man. <laughs> I love Johnny. it. <laughs> I love the big number, man. You got me ready, man, for these playoffs, man. The I championship. say, I say, we cancel the championship game now and make them split champions again. I didn't mind it back in the day. I swear I didn't. I mean, pe- people would get so mad over AP or UPI, or as a guy that used to describe the AP poll. He would call it the uh, AP press poll. Ah, I like that. Uh, huh? What? I like that. The AP that, that, press that's poll. The, that's the P uh-huh, in, yes. in, in uh, AP. Yes. It's the Associated <laughs> Press poll. He would call it the AP press poll. I love what that. What an idiot. <laughs> that's great. No, but I guess uh, it's a big night for both of these uh, teams already. But now when you put it at... Let's get a true national. Let's get a true champion. National champion. I like it for the That's first great. time. That's incredible. I love that. No, I you mean, know, Bo Schembechler never won one at Michigan. Jim Harbaugh's coaching his coach. Yeah. I, I think his dad's probably his idol, but head coach would probably be Bo because I, I have I have you know picked at Michigan that Ed Orgeron has more national championships than Bo and Jim yeah. Harbaugh combined. I mean, that could Monday night Harbaugh can change it. Yeah, he he really could. I don't know. I mean, I am. So split on what I think is going to happen in this game on Monday. I mean, it. It. I could see it going really any way. I, I'm split on who I'm for. Oh, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm all, who are you for? All in on Washington. All in. All in. I, I, I'm not. I like Harbaugh a lot. Yep. I like the history and tradition of Michigan. I'm okay either side. I'm gonna yep. watch every play. Oh, yeah. I, 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 when I say I don't care, it's not militant disinterest. Right. Right. It's just no preference on the winner. No, I mean those are those are sometimes the best games of, and that's kind of how it was with with Alabama and Michigan the other night. I was like, I don't, I don't really care who wins. I just, you know, I want, I want a good game, and I got it. Now I kind of cared about that one. <laughs> when, when Brad, I kind of cared about it after after a text message I received from you about who to put some money on. But uh, well, we got we got right late in the game, didn't we? Sure did. So uh, did you see what Tom Kim did today? He's about four hundred. Yeah, no, he's he's playing well. I've been, I've been watching. How much of that have you uh, have you peeked into? Not a shot. Today? Really? D- wow. Just scoreboard. I've, I've I, I'm gonna watch some tonight. Yeah, I've had it on in the background today, um, pretty much all day. But my, my focus now is gonna be the tiger. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no. Uh, Tom Kim five under um, today. He's uh, T five right now. More Cowboy in first at eight under. So a little money there, huh? Yeah, a, little, a little money on that. And Brett, no, wow. if that if that plays out. You can't deny splitting that. We we have to split that. I mean, you can't. Oh yeah, I can. No, no, you no, get off no, to the victors. You get all the no, victory. No, 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 no. This conversation might have to carry over uh, after the show into a break because we are not we're not splitting that if it wins. But no, it's been fun to to have golf one in the background. But uh, definitely all eyes on the Tigers tonight when they play Tulsa. Speaking of the Tigers, let's wrap up this hour. When we come back, we're talking Tigers with Greg Gaston.